other people that come are repeat, you know, people that are here every week, and you know, they become someone that you care about, and you want to know that they're all right. And if they miss a Friday, you want to know that something happened to them. But you know, most of it has been really calm, you know, not fearful at all. pray now as we come before your, your word that what we hear today will help us to be bold, bolder in missions and service than we already are. I pray that you'll hide Andy and myself behind your cross, that you'll take the words on our page and the thoughts on our hearts and carry them into the hearts and the lives of every single one of us gathered here today, that we can truly be your bold hands and feet at work in our community. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, for the past few Sundays, Pastor Sam's sermons have called us to be bold in ways we follow Jesus and ways that we serve the church. Be bold in our hospitality and welcome. Be bold in our worship and our praise. Be bold in our faith development and our spiritual growth. And so today, Pastor Andy and I are going to, together, share the sermon uh, that is very near and dear to both of our hearts and to our personal callings into ministry, and that is to be bold in our missions and service. Now, without a doubt, missions and service is one of the greatest strengths 
of our congregation here at Gadsden First Methodist. Um, as a relative newcomer, newcomer, um, one of the first things that I noticed here, and, and even me before I came because of reputation, is that Matthew 25 is written into the fabric of who this church is and who each of you are as followers of Jesus. And every time a need arises, whether it comes from an organization in our community or whether there's an individual who walks through the doors of our church at any day throughout the week, this church seeks to provide for the need that is brought, whether it's to feed someone or clothe someone or get a meal for, uh, get a ride for someone, whatever it is. Uh, this congregation bands together to, to help people, and, and that is just amazing. And in your bulletin, you have an insert. I have a poster that looks like your insert. Mine's a little bigger. But just pull this out for just, just a second, because I know sometimes we forget about other stuff that's in our bulletin. But I want you to look at this, right, and all these amazing pictures of all these amazing members of our church. But then I also want you to just, like, glance over this list. And this list doesn't cover all of this. But I mean, just look at the ways that we are serving our community in the name of Jesus. And we're providing people clothes and food and things at Strickland and just all kinds of things. It's unbelievable, all the things that we do. And this list doesn't even include the things that you do on an individual basis. Because we all have ministries that speak to our heart that we support And that is an absolute blessing for me, just on a personal level, to be a part of, and such an inspiration. And um, you are all inspiring when it comes to compassion and generosity. However, we know that as followers of Christ, our goal is, is to reach perfection, right? We're moving on to perfection in Christ. And so, uh, even as good as we are at missions and service, there is always room for us there's always room for us to be bolder than we already are in how we reach out in missions and service to others at the hands and feet of Jesus. So to help us be bolder than we already are, uh, we are going to turn to a familiar passage of Scripture, a passage that Philip actually referenced in his video, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now the danger in uh, a preacher preaching from a, good, uh, a familiar passage especially one that we've heard probably since we were kids, um, is that when it shows up in our devotions or it shows up in, our, in a sermon, we kind of skim over it or zone out because it's like, oh, it's the Good Samaritan. I already know what this is going to say. I already know what we're going to talk about today. But today I just want to encourage you, don't zone out. Okay, uh, pay attention because there is some really bold stuff that the Good Samaritan leads us into and some things that, that will push us out of our comfort zones if we allow them to. And so, without further ado, let's hear these words from Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 33-37. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, 
while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Christian author Bob Goff quotes in his book, Everybody Always. Most of us, and us meaning Christians, spend our whole lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. And I'm going to say that one more time so we can hear it and let it sink in. Most of us spend our whole lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. That quote is exactly what the parable of the Good Samaritan is trying to teach us. In the parable, we see the religious people, the ones that we expect to be the ones who see a need and respond to it by being moved with compassion and help however they can. And yet what we see is these religious people so busy probably going to their religious activities that even though they saw a need, their hearts weren't moved and thus their lives did not engage this person in need. They turned a blind eye, they walked on the other side of the road, they didn't change their plans, they didn't get their clothes dirty, they didn't get their body or their, their spirit tired, and, and they didn't put the resources that they had available to much-needed use. But on the flip side, there's this Samaritan. And we know from previous sermons how religious people thought about Samaritans, right? Samaritans and outsiders, someone who would have been shunned by the religious community, the one thought too heathen to have a heart, much less a soul. The Samaritan is the one who Jesus says is moved with pity and boldly responds to the need before him. The Samaritan had plans, just like anyone else did. And yet in this moment, he paused them. He stopped what he was doing, and he made space for this person who was in need. The Samaritan engaged the man who needed help. He got down in the trenches with him, and yes, his clothes got dirty, and they probably got a little bloody too. He got sweaty and tired lifting the man from the ground to his animal, and then traveling the way to where they were going on foot. He tenderly and lovingly cared for this man all through the night. And quite possibly one of the boldest things that the Samaritan did for that man is that he made himself available to him again. Because what the passage says is that when he leaves, he says, whatever more this man needs, do it. Whatever more. 
So he was going to show back up again to be there for the man again and again in however he needed him. Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan gives us a model to follow as a church and as individuals. The model to make ourselves available to engage with people that God sends our way, who are in need of God's love and care through us. Our hands are used to send it. When we are not intentional to be bold in missions and service, we respond like the priest and the Levite. We pack our lives so full of stuff, sometimes a lot of unnecessary and meaningless tasks and things, that we don't have room in our schedules or room in our hearts to engage people in the way that Jesus is calling us to. We're happy to do for people, adding that other item on our to-do list. However, it is so much more challenging, so much more bold to be with people as they need us to be. To not just make our to-do list, but to give our mind and our body and our soul available to people. To make space in our schedules, to get down in the trenches of their pain and their hurt, and to meaningfully respond face-to-face, heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul with people and engage them as Jesus would. All right, stay with me, okay? Stay focused. Uh, You know what you call uh, two preachers on the same Sunday? Late for lunch, all right? So stay focused, and I won't talk too long, all right? Um, But I've been challenged already because uh, Pastor Kerry just talked about uh, to to be bold and to love people is to engage with people, to be with them. Um, So if boldness is being with people, Uh, We are trained in our society right now to not necessarily have to be with people. Uh, I could go to Walmart, I could order all my groceries on my phone, and they're there waiting for me. I can order my pizza on my phone instead of having to pick it up and talk to someone. We don't even have to engage with people anymore. Um, But with this being with people, this serving boldly, it's not just giving money to something or someone, it's being with them, wanting to get to know them. Uh, There's a scripture that's been challenging me a lot lately, and it's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So I already, I, I do sometimes a decent job of loving those that are close to me, my family, my close friends. But now we have our neighbors we're supposed to love, right? And then Jesus in scripture says, love your enemies. So if I'm supposed to love the people close to me, my neighbors, and my enemies. Guess who we're supposed to love boldly? Everybody. Everybody. Even the people that weird us out a little bit, right? And everybody knows some of them, right? We all have those, too. So this is what I've been wrestling with, and here's what I found out about myself. Here's what keeps me from engaging with people the way that I'm supposed to. Number one is my availability. I think I'm too busy, which I'm really not too busy. I just think I am. Um, I have too much clutter in my life. Uh, sometimes, these are lower, but availability was number one. Sometimes I think too high of myself. I think I'm too important, maybe, sometimes, to help a certain person. And then Jesus says, get real. Um, you know who you are, and also when you've done it onto the least of these, you've done it onto me. Sometimes the fear of unknown, sometimes we're scared to engage with certain people. 
Um, it's okay to create boundaries and be cautious at certain times, but Jesus is calling us to reach out and to love everybody, even the ones that weird us out a little bit. Lastly, uh, sometimes we think, what will others think about me helping this person or me having lunch or hanging out with this person? I'm going to tell you the, who did that all the time, Jesus. Jesus was constantly engaging with people that others thought were sinful or untouchable. And Jesus did not care what other people thought about it. So I should not care what other people are going to think when I'm doing ministry and engaging with people that other people don't like. Jesus was constantly engaging with people. Jesus was always eating with people. Um, Jesus never turned down a lunch invite. And I want to take Jesus up on that challenge too. Because I love food, right? But the cool thing about Jesus eating with people, it's one thing to just say hi to somebody or talk to somebody in a hallway. But when you share a meal with somebody, you're saying, I want to get to know you better. I care about you, right? So Jesus loves these people and engages with them. He wants to know their hopes, their dreams, their passions. Uh, So eating with people. Jesus made himself available to do that, to share a meal with others. Pastor Kerry just talked about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan became available to help that person. The Good Samaritan could have easily kept going with the list of to-do things they had to do, but the Good Samaritan made themselves available. Uh, We do a church service on Tuesday nights at the Back 40 called Mosaic, and we've been following a book. We've been doing a book study on Everybody Always. It's a book by Bob Goff. That's who Pastor Kerry just quoted. Um, And Bob Goff, we're actually using it in our youth now as well, uh, in Everybody Always. And the very first time I picked it up and started reading it, I was challenged to make myself more available because that's how I can love boldly is to be available. Um, I made a pledge to eliminate some wasted time in my life. So basically time management. Um, I looked for ways to get some of my work done ahead of time so I wasn't constantly procrastinating. That if somebody needed to talk to me uh, about something, I wouldn't say, wait, I'm too busy, but I could be available. Um, that would be cutting back on some social media or TV time uh, and just cut back on some things that keep me tied down, right? Being available. Um, so if somebody wanted to meet for lunch, I can do it because Jesus taught us a good lesson there. Um, but here's the lesson that, that challenged me the most that I got out of this book, all right? This book, Bob Goff. He... Um, He said that he realized his family was really being uh, agitated all the time. He thought, well, what's wrong with these people, right? And he realized it was him. He was the problem. He realized that he was a very impatient person, and he was driving his family crazy. And he read a children's book, and the children's book said, you are what's in your bucket, right? So whatever he puts in his bucket, that's what you become. Uh, So he was trying to put things in his bucket— that would give him patience, right? So that might be praying in the morning, that might be eliminating some things that make him impatient or or hard to deal with. So he carried this bucket around for a week as his challenge. And then we gave the same challenge at the back 40 at Mosaic. And here is my bucket. It says Andy's bucket on it. It's just a styrofoam cup. And on the back, it says Colossians 3.14, put on love, put on love. So when I put my shirt on in the morning, I put my glasses on, I'm also challenged to put on love. In the activity we did with this, we put all the things that were negative filling up our buckets, right? And then we took them out. Some of my negatives were, 
I have a really negative friend that kind of brings me down sometimes, maybe cut back a little bit of that time, right? Um, if I watch the news for more than 30 minutes, it puts me in a really bad mood, all right? So I'm going to take that one out of my bucket, right? I'm going to put in my bucket my time with Jesus, make sure I'm doing that. I'm going to make sure I exercise, that's putting on love. Uh, I'm going to put on scripture. And so I was challenged to carry this bucket around for a week, and that was on a Tuesday night, all right? The very next day after I made this bucket and said, I'm going to carry it around with me to put on love, right, and put those things in it all day and as a reminder— so as I have this bucket, the very next day was a Wednesday, here's what happened, all right? It was Wednesday, and I had a lunch meeting with another associate pastor, uh, who's also a youth director. We had a whole agenda of plans we wanted to accomplish, and we met at lunch at Taco Bell. Oh, I know you're thinking, what a terrible uh, lunch meeting. It was wonderful. I love Taco Bell. So uh, my friend is sitting across from me, and a gentleman who appeared to be homeless and very intoxicated comes and sits right next to my friend, uh, Kevin, and I thought, oh no, this is going to be interesting. But I remembered, I've got to be nice, I have my bucket that says put on love, right? And the gentleman says to me, what are you eating? And I said, it's a bean tostada, right? And then he must have asked me three or four more times what I was eating. I said, a bean tostada. And he said, I would like to have one of those. So I give him a few dollars, he goes to the counter, and um, he comes back and he said, I didn't get one because I couldn't remember what it's called. I said, sir, it's, that's a bean tostada. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm thinking, before he gets back, maybe we should move, go sit somewhere else. No, I thought, I have my love bucket. I'm making myself available, and I'm going to love people, right? Even people that weird me out a little bit. So he comes back and eats his bean tostada. And as he's eating it, really, about three or four times, he would say, now what's this thing called that I'm eating? That's a bean tostada. So this guy really tested my love bucket, all right? He was pushing it. He was pushing it. That day was a Wednesday. There was all sorts of strange challenges at the church that day. We had youth group that night. Teenagers will always challenge you. You definitely have to put on love that day, right? Um, put on those things that are going to be positive. Put on those things. Put on Jesus. Put on love. Uh, after church, it had been a long day, my wife said, I need you to run to Walmart. Right? And I still have this with me. I still have my bucket with me. Because you're going to need that when your wife says late at night, I need you to run to Walmart. Because you don't want to do that. She wanted me to get a certain kind of toothpaste. I didn't, and so I video chat her. I'm showing her all the different types of toothpaste. Is this the one you want? You know? And somebody comes behind me in a wheelchair and says, can you help me reach some things I can't reach? And I thought, sure. I have my, you know, I put on love today. So as I do that, I ended up just helping them get several things. And we just talked, had a good time. And I thought, well, I'm doing good with my bucket. Then, this is still that same day, somebody in a scooter comes by in Walmart and says, um, I'm just a couple dollars short on my groceries. Can you help me out? So I really felt like I had done all I needed to do that day, right? I had put on enough love. So I had kind of had it. And I did what any good Methodist minister would do. I said, I don't carry cash. I lied to him. So, I know, it's terrible. I know, I know. I'm not Pastor Sam, okay? I'm just the associate. So, uh, so I lied to the person. And then I spent 10 minutes walking around Walmart because I thought, I put on love today. I've got to find this person and give him a couple dollars. So I, I had to spend 10 minutes trying to find this person. But here's what I wanted to say in closing with that. What seems like it's starting off as an inconvenience of becoming more available 
when it seems like an inconvenience to try to love people that weird us out or people that are different than us, it will turn, in turn bless us. God will change our priorities, God will change our heart, and it in turn blesses us as well. Um, because Jesus doesn't want us to just give money to causes. Jesus doesn't want us to just um, donate items to something. He wants us to engage with people. And when I said that Jesus would eat with people, Jesus wants us to do the same, to be with other people. Um, Jesus doesn't want us to just do outreach on the outside of the church, but also to welcome people in. Uh, the same folks that we do ministry for can be a part of our Sunday school classes. We want their kids and children and our youth and children programs. Um, we don't want to talk about just giving things, but we want to be with the people that we are giving to. Um, Jesus, I'm glad that he wanted to engage with people that were a little different, like me, right? That Jesus wanted to engage with me. Jesus wanted to know my story, my hopes, my dreams. And that's the same thing we want to do with other people. I don't want to just give to you, but I want to know who you are. I want to know what your struggles are. I want to know what your hopes and dreams are. Jesus uh, engaged with people in such a way that people who were leopard, Jesus would uh, reach out and touch them. He would physically be with them, engage with them, where others would never do that. When somebody was blind, Jesus touched the blind person's eyes. He engaged with them. Uh, when people were sinners, people that others thought were uh, just don't go around them, Jesus would engage with a sinner and have a meal with them. The, uh, a religious elite who thought they were better than other people, Jesus would sit and engage with them as well. Jesus was bold in making availability. Jesus was bold in engaging with people. And we are called to be bold and engage with people as well. I'm going to close with this scripture that's on my bucket, because this has been my challenge ever since I've made it. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's choice, holy in love, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other, as the Lord forgave you. So also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that you will help us to make ourselves available to be with others. I pray that you will break down our fears that hold us back from engaging with other people. I pray that we will be bold, not just in giving financially to causes, um, but that we will be bold in wanting to be uh, engaged with people, to know their name and to know their story, and want them to be a part of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we prepare for our closing hymn, if you would like to pray, the altar is always open to come forward towards you for prayer.